0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of ROE 17 Pod. I'm your host, Mark Jontry. and joining me today is Molly Allen, Assistant Regional Superintendent. Our guest that we are going to visit with today is Andrea Canales, the Program Director for STAR Adult Literacy that operates out of our office. Andrea is going to tell us about what STAR is, what it does, and how the program serves those in the community. Andrea, welcome to The Pod.
1: Good morning, Mark. Uh, Thank you for uh, inviting me to be here today. It's a pleasure.
0: So let's start with what is STAR Adult Literacy?
1: STAR Adult Literacy. um, STAR stands for sharing the ability to read. And uh, we are an adult literacy program. We are funded by a grant from the Illinois State Library, which is a division of the Office of the Secretary of State. So we're a volunteer literacy organization, and we provide services to adults living in Dewitt, Livingston, Logan, and McLean County. We serve adult learners in our community, and the majority of those are seeking help to improve their English as a second language skills. Many, however, are also in what's called our adult basic ed program, and those individuals are working on basic literacy or math skills. Some of those students are actually duly enrolled in Heartland Community College trying to pursue a path to get their GED, and so for those individuals, we provide tutoring services to help them prepare for that, but the majority of our students are English as a second language.
0: Very good, very good, and you referenced a little bit, how is the program funded?
1: Through a grant from the Illinois State Library, which is a division of the Office of the Secretary of State.
0: Very good. How does STAR connect with other community organizations?
1: Uh, Many ways. We connect through various networks, working events. It's been one of my goals as literacy coordinator to connect STAR to more community organizations so that our students feel more of a connection to the community. So far, we've been successful doing this. In September, we partnered with the McLean County Museum of History, and they offered our students and our tutors a tour of the museum that focused on the history of immigration to McLean County, and we did this in conjunction with Welcome Week, which was something that the Immigration Project launched two years ago, so we kind of dovetailed onto the end of that week, and they hosted us there. Both mayors came to this event, at the History Museum and gave a warm welcome to our students. It was wonderful. We have also partnered with the Immigration Project more and more. We partnered with the Immigration Project and some attorneys from State Farm who graciously offered to do some pro pro bono work to host a citizenship workshop right here at the ROE. So together, we helped 12 individuals expedite their path to citizenship. Also, we are in conversation with the Bloomington Library and how we can partner on more activities for our students in the near future. How does your team measure the success of your students? Well, the simplest answer is that we do an annual pre and post test and measure their progress on those tests and report that progress to the Secretary of State's office. And the majority of our students do make annual gains and test increases. But like so many things in life, it's just so much more than black and white or test scores. When a student feels more confident in with their English and they go for that promotion at work and they get it, Like that—that that is something that we report, that is huge. When they tell us that they're finally able to go to the doctor with a translator, that is an enormous accomplishment. Can you imagine having to take a translator to a private moment with a doctor? So that that's a huge goal for them and that is something that we also measure and report. We've had students purchase homes and obtain citizenship and we've helped with the citizenship tutoring. For the citizenship portion of the exam. And those are remarkable. Just to think that someone came to this country without the language skills or the resources and they've achieved these kind of things to me is amazing. So we do note these successes.
0: Can you talk a little bit about who the volunteers are mm-hmm. and How you recruit them and and kind of how they go about their work with the clients?
1: That's a great question. Our volunteers, we have about 75 to 80 volunteers active every year. Our volunteers are amazing. They're people that genuinely want to help individuals better their lives. They meet about once a week with the students for about an hour and a half to two hours each time. We meet at public locations such as the libraries or area churches. We do also have a monthly conversation class here at the ROE that our volunteers come to. Our volunteers—some are retired, a lot of them are retired teachers, some are retired attorneys, retired State Farm, just retired from various careers. When we do have quite a few volunteers that are actually still working in the community, and we actually have a growing number of college volunteers from Illinois State, which is which is great. And so. We do recruit volunteers at various community events. However, with the growing number of students uh, coming to Star Literacy, we're always looking for new volunteers. My shameless plug for that, but we are. It's, it's a great thing to be, uh, to be part of. We do provide training for all the volunteers and the curriculum materials and all of that.
0: That's great. And for those of you listening that might be interested, we'll include Andrea's phone number and email at the end of the podcast if you have an interest in volunteering.
1: Andrea, could you tell us a little bit more about becoming a volunteer? Do people need to speak a foreign language, for example, to become a volunteer? That is a great question, Molly. And the short answer is no. Um, That is a common misconception. People will say that. But I don't speak another language. That is just not the case. If you look at your typical ESL class, that is a class comprised of of students from all over the world. And so it has to be taught in English. That said, we do every year get maybe a handful of students who what we would call test into a basic level, a very beginning level. And for those three or four students a year, we do try and find them with someone that has a a moderate amount of Spanish-speaking ability just to coordinate logistics, but the majority, the overwhelming majority of our students test into what we call level two from our curriculum, which is an intermediate level. And our curriculum is very guided, very easy to follow, and very structured. So no, you do not need to speak another language. That is a great question.
0: Andrea, so we talked about volunteers, but when we talk about the students themselves, how do they become aware of the program, and how do you attract those students into the program?
1: Well, that's a, another great question, Mark. A lot of it is word of mouth, uh, believe it or not. Many of our students are really enjoying being part of the program, and they'll tell their friends, and then their friends actually just call me directly on my cell phone, which is welcomed <laughs> and totally fine. But... As far as recruiting students, we've done different things. I'm in partnership with some uh, individuals at McLean County School District that work with families who are students of English as a Second Language uh, students, work with those parents. We've done different outreach, such as the Back to School Alliance, then just attend different events. We've gone to different churches that are Spanish or French-speaking and, and told them about our services. So, yeah. There are lots of different opportunities to reach these individuals in our community, and there is a growing desire for them. They really want to integrate. Yeah, when you think about all of the things that STAR Adult Literacy does, what in particular makes you the proudest? That's a a lot to put into one exact thing, but I think probably proudest to say that we have been funded um, since 1985 and that these funds go to help others. I think that that's probably what I love about this job the most, that we're helping others reach their goals and that everybody involved truly wants to be here. From the staff members to the volunteers to the students, they just really want to be here. They, A lot of them have reached out to us, most of them. They're highly motivated, and they really want to make a difference in someone's lives, and the students really want to improve their lives by improving their English. So to me, that's just a win-win combination.
0: Well, Andrea, I want to thank you for taking the time to visit with Molly and I today to, to shed some more light on what STAR adult literacy is and really appreciative of all of your efforts in this program as for those of you that are listening andrea took over as the program coordinator this fall from from sheila diaz who had done it for a number of years and so they continue the great work that has gone on in this program andrea where are most of the students
1: The majority of our students are from Latin America or Democratic Republic of Congo, but we do, however, also have some from Vietnam, Turkey uh, as well. The majority of the growing number of students coming from Latin America is thanks to Rivian actually. They are employing a great deal of engineers, bringing them here to work. And they're either the engineers that are working or the spouses of the engineers that have contacted us. So that is a wonderful way to partner with the community.
0: Thank you for joining us for another episode of ROE 17 pod. To learn more about ROE 17, please visit www.roe17.org or follow us on our social media channels. ROE 17 pod is produced and edited by Victoria Padilla. We hope that you join us for our next episode.